Hey there, and welcome to the Grace Over Guilt podcast, the show that aims to empower and enlighten you on your journey to a healthier relationship with food and your body. I'm your host, Jenna Corsi. I'm a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. Throughout these episodes, we'll dive deep into the world of intuitive eating, self-compassion, and sustainable health practices. You'll discover how to listen to your body's needs, ditch the all or nothing thinking, and make peace with food. This podcast is a safe space for growth and healing. Leave it to me to provide you with inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to nourish your body and mind. Get ready to let go of guilt and embrace grace as you transform your approach to food and live out a more fulfilling, balanced, and joyful life. I know we are going to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you are doing well. We are diving into frequently asked questions, FAQs today. And I wanted to do this for a little bit, and I probably will do it again in the future. I don't know when, maybe sometime soon, Um, just because I get a lot of questions from or in, I guess, my DMs, in my DMs from clients that I want to share with you and just, I don't know, people in general, right? So um, I wanted to compile some recent questions that I've been getting and share them with you and share my uh, answers with you. And all of this that I put out, all my podcasts, my Instagram posts, my emails, all of those things is not nutrition counseling. Remember, this is like Instagram, it's podcast, it's not nutrition counseling. And a lot of times I'm speaking in very, you know, broad strokes. And that's because I don't know your lived experience. I don't know your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, all of it. So just keep that in mind. I think that's important. And something that I need to say more often is that this isn't the work, right? Like this is helpful, but it's not the work. It's not the nutrition counseling that you can get from me one-on-one. It's very different from that. So as I say that, I want you to know that if you are looking for support with your nutrition, with your mindset, with your body image, you want to feel in a better place with this. You're tired of doing the same things over and over again and not seeing any progress. I would love to invite you to my one-on-one coaching program. There is no better time than now to apply and sign up and dive into this because we're going through the holidays, people. We're going through the holidays. And I know that can be really stressful for those who struggle with this. So, and better yet, you're gonna be ahead of the people who are like, oh, I'm gonna start in the new year. No, you're gonna be ahead of people because you're diving into this now. And you're gonna feel so empowered as January, February approaches because you're gonna feel so much better about food, your relationship with your body, all of that. All right. So click the link in the show notes to apply. And I would love to chat with you about this and get you started so that you have more brain space to think of other things than food and your body. You feel empowered and confident in your life and you feel so good about the way that you are eating and the way that you are living. All right. Click the show notes, apply, and I cannot wait to talk to you.
Okay, my last thing before we dive into this, I was just thinking about this earlier. If you have been enjoying the podcast, you really like it, I would really, really, really appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast. Leave me a little note. Tell me how you're feeling. Um, That would mean so much to me because this podcast is something that I want to get out to more people so I can support and help more people. And so if you could review it, if you could rate it, that would be a huge favor and a blessing to me. So please, after you listen to this, take some time to rate it, or maybe you can review it. I mean, excuse me, rate it while you're listening. I don't know. Maybe you can, but please take a minute to do that. That would mean so much to me. All right, here we go. Question number one, should I weigh myself during this process? And you're probably like, Jenna, I know the answer to that, but I still find myself weighing myself or tempted to weigh myself. And let me tell you, friend, I get it. I 100% get it. You know, you want to see like, let me see if this is working or not working or whatever your thoughts that come up. Or you're just really scared that you're gonna gain weight and just not look like yourself, feel like yourself, whatever it is. My biggest piece of advice, and this is actually someone asked me this recently, so that's why I'm sharing this with you. They asked me in my... DMs and she reached out and she said, should I weigh myself? I find that I am weighing myself like very often. Hold on one sec. Okay. That was real life me. Let me actually pull this DM up rather than just being like, oh, what did she say? Okay. She goes, I just want to know if you recommend weighing yourself at all. I weigh myself multiple times a day. I have tried not weighing myself, but I really struggle. What do you recommend? And what I said back was I don't recommend weighing yourself. Um, It can really mess with your mind and hinder your progress if you're working towards a healthier relationship with your body and with food. Because if you see that the scale is maybe going up, you're like, oh, I shouldn't eat, I should not eat anymore, or like, that's it for the day, or I'll have smaller portions, right? You're letting that dictate how much you should be eating when we want your hunger cues, your body to dictate that. And what I recommend to my clients is to throw away the scale, which they all either do that or they hide it or give it to someone else. Um, But the reason why is because we know that weight is not a measurement of health. Let me repeat that. Weight is not a measurement of health. We don't know if someone is healthy based on their weight. And for so long, we've been told that you have to be this weight, that's healthy, you know, having a stomach isn't healthy, like all of these things, right? So much stuff from diet culture and all the fat phobia out there in the world. Um, And so what we want to do and the goal and what I help my clients with time and time again is removing weight as an indicator of health and focusing on how your body feels, how their body feels. So instead of being like, oh, I'm not going to eat this because I saw the scale go up last night when I weighed myself. And P.S. like 
after you eat for a day, of course the scale's gonna be up, right? So that's just a little side note. Um, so you don't wanna eat as much. Instead of that being your way of going about things, what we want to do is remove that object, the scale, and remove that from being an external factor for you. That's what it's doing, right? It's an external factor that you're letting dictate what you should be doing internally. So once we remove that, the barrier, the block of weighing yourself, you're able to, it sounds so weird, but tap into yourself, tap into what you need, what you want, what you desire. And with that comes trust with your body. With that comes in feeling empowered to make decisions. With that comes like honoring your body and knowing what it exactly needs when it needs food, when it's feeling full. Those are like generally speaking, right? Hunger and fullness cues. But you're able to tap into that because you remove that external motivator or factor. So moral of the story, let's not weigh yourself, like get rid of the scale and focus on how you feel. Focus on how your body feels, right? That's what we want to focus on. So if you're someone, for instance, um, you find that when you don't exercise, I just had a, actually, perfect. I just had a client say this on Tuesday. She goes, when I don't exercise, my mornings, they don't start out as great. Like I don't, my energy doesn't feel great. I don't like starting the mornings like that. And sometimes I do have to push myself to get up and to get out and go for a walk or, you know, go to a workout class with a friend. But after every time I do that, that feels so good for my body. It feels so good for my energy. I feel more like mental clarity. It just makes me feel great. Right. If she was dict, if if she were to let the scale dictate this whole situation, she would go through the all or nothing thinking and being like, well, you know, I gained or I maybe maybe it's I lost weight. I lost weight, so I don't really have to go to the gym anymore. Or, oh, I gained some weight. I have to go like twice a day. I have to go more, more, more. Or you do the opposite, where you punish yourself. You gain weight. And then you punish yourself, you're just like, F it, I'm not even gonna work out at all this week, right? I know these scenarios, there's so many different scenarios, but that's what would happen if the scale dictated how she was going about exercising. But now she's like, "Mm, let me check in with myself. In the morning, feels really good, so I'm gonna continue to do it. And it may be challenging at times, but that's okay. I'm going to push myself, have some accountability with me and with her friends and all that, right? So that's that's a really, I feel like a great example of this. I hope that helps you feel empowered to ditch the scale and just like know that we don't want that to dictate your choices. So DM me if you're throwing out your scale right now because I am going to celebrate you so big. <laughs> okay, let's move on to number two. And this is so random. I just had a thought pop in my head. I used to be so in this perfection mentality with my podcast. And now I feel like I'm just having a conversation with you. It's so nice. I'm not as like, oh my God, what did I say? That didn't make a ton of sense. Da, 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 da. I'm not in my head about it. And I'm just like flowing. 
you know? Maybe you've noticed that as you've been listening to the podcast. Um, so that feels really good for me, by the way. And I hope you on the receiving end, that feels good for you too, that you're just like having a little conversation with me, even though you can't talk back. I know it's weird, whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, in, that's where I'm saying like, leave a review or message me on Instagram so that I hear your voice. I want to hear how you're enjoying the podcast. All right. Number two, won't I just want sweets and chips and pizza, whatever it is all the time. If I allow myself and tell myself I can have it now, you know, it's free, free permission. I can have it anytime that I want, but when I want it all the time, and you may, if you've been following me for a while, you may know the answer to this, but I want to reiterate it to those who are new or just to you, if you are maybe struggling with this. So this whole idea that you will want sweets or chips, we're just going to go generally with like fun foods. I call them fun foods. They're, they used to be junk foods, but we're calling them fun foods because we want to shift the narrative around them. So you feel like you are going to crave those things all the time and want them all the time. You're going to eat them all the time. And I want to just let you know, just starting out, the quick answer to this is you won't. You will not. I've seen it time and time again that when you allow yourself to have the foods that you've once told yourself are off limits because they're bad, they're unhealthy, junk food, whatever you've said in the past, once you allow yourself to have those foods, you will go through a phase. Just It's just a phase. It's not forever. A phase where you have them more, where you're like exploring and you're like, oh, I can have the chips when I get a sandwich. Like, oh my goodness. Or I can have sweets at night or the chocolate chip cookies that are in the break room. Like I can have those now. You'll go through a phase where you eat them and maybe you eat them a decent amount. But I want to let you know that after you go through that phase, you are not going to want it as much. And the science behind this is habituation. This It's a, literally a name. Look it up. <laughs> habituation says that the more exposure you have to something, the decrease in stimulus or the desire to have that thing. A great example of this is, say, I just brought bought a brand new car, brand new car. What car do I want? I don't know. I love my car. So like, I'm so grateful and blessed for it. So I feel like I'm, I'm like, I don't need anything more. Let's say that I just bought a Range Rover. Woo. So fancy. Um, I just bought a Range Rover and when I first bought it, or I've been thinking about it for a while, right? Like it's something that has totally been not something that I've been able to afford or anything. And now I can have it. Now I, for whatever reason, I'm able to afford it. And so when I get the car, I'm going to be freaking out. I'm going to be driving it all the time. And I'm going to be having my friends come in the car and just enjoy, enjoy the car. So they come in, they enjoy it. We enjoy it. I get excited. And then after about maybe a month, two months, it's still a nice, great, shiny car, beautiful, smells great inside, right? The new new car scent. But after time, it's just going to be a car. It's just going to be something that takes me from here to there, right? So this is a good lesson in like, you know, I don't know, money and 
and feeling like we always need the biggest and best thing, over time, it's just going to be a car. Same with these foods, these fun foods. They're just going to be fun foods. You can know that you can have them at any time, but you're not going to want them all the time because they are available to you. They are there, just like the car. It's in the driveway, right? It's there. I know it's there. So I'm not going to be like, you know, thinking about it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get the, the Range Rover. I've been thinking about it for so long. Oh, I'm so excited. Da, 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 da. No, it's just there. <laughs> so same thing goes for fun foods, your sweets, whatever it is. There's going to be a period where you have them a lot more, and then you're going to transition out of it. And I will say that for those who don't work with a dietitian and don't have support with this, that period of time is a lot longer. That's what I've noticed because people message me and they're like, I've been having all the fun foods and like just eating a lot of it. I feel so out of a control because there's no strategy behind it. You're just like literally free balling it. And then you feel so out of control and you don't feel good because of the foods that you're eating. So what I would you know, highly recommend is having support as you navigate this so that it's not six months or a year, it's a one month or two months because you have the mindset and the strategy on how to approach these foods that you've once said were off limits. I hope that makes sense. And another thing that I love about just not being in this perfection mentality with my podcast, this is another side note, is I have so much more fun. I'm like so energized and so excited to talk to you. So yeah, it's just great. Now we are talking about how do I practice mindful portion control without restricting? A client asked me this and I was like, this is so good. And I feel like other people could benefit from hearing that question or maybe they've thought about that question and hearing my response to this. So when you're diving into intuitive eating, you know, allowing yourself to have all foods, you're navigating trying to eat healthier, but not in a restrictive way. You're trying to listen to your body. What I would say for someone just starting out is get rid of that rule that you need to have portion control, right? Like there, there needs to be no rules around what you're eating. Do I want your plate to be balanced? Absolutely. And that's another question we're going to go over today. Do I want your plate to be balanced? Absolutely. But if you are like, Ooh, I need to make sure I have a cup of this and this and this and this, that's not going to support you when you're first starting out with intuitive eating because you're going to feel restricted. And once you're maybe a little bit further along in this, and this is something that I shared with my client, is there is a strategy on how you can be mindful around your portions without it feeling restrictive. Um, and that's something that we've been working on. So at first I was like, don't worry about it. Like, let's just make sure your meals are balanced, you know, portioning your food out, when I say portioning your food, I just mean like putting your food on the plate, doing that, leaning into your hunger and fullness cues because that's what matters. And then once she got more awareness around her hunger and fullness cues, then we were able to 
have this kind of mindful portion control or I shared with her what my recommendations would be. Because if you are going from a restrictive place and then I'm saying, you know, you have to portion things out like this, 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 that's not going to help you. That's not going to help you. You need to go to the other side in some ways and just give yourself the food that you need and, and begin to listen to your body, listen to your hunger, your fullness cues, and get more in tune with those. And then we adjust and then we kind of, so what I'm saying here is you have to begin with listening to your body and gaining some trust with your body and working on your mindset around this restrictive idea. You know, if you are, if you've been restricting and like saying you can't have things for a while, it's going to be really, it's not going to be supportive for you to try and control your portions. I hope that makes sense. So a lot of the work that we do with intuitive eating is building on skills. You have to have a solid foundation before we can dive into the mindful, you know, portion control or, and I wouldn't even call it that, but just like mindful eating or gentle nutrition. You have to have a solid foundation of your mindset and getting attuned with your body. And that's the method that I teach my clients, right? It's mindset attunement, habits, self-care, and nutrition. So those are the five pillars of my program and the work that I do with clients. But mindset is so important, so you have to focus on that first. All right, let's go into our next question. Do I always need to have a balanced meal? I love this question. It's such a good one. And my quick answer, short answer is no. No, you don't need to always have a balanced meal. And the good old and, if we look at you not having balanced meals for, you know, multiple meals a day and multiple times a week, we have to see how that makes you feel. Because I can bet, I'm going to bet that it doesn't make you feel great or you have low energy or you're still hungry, right? So... I would say, no, you don't always have to, you know, not every meal needs to have a vegetable or fruit. No, no, no. Um, and it's important to have your, the macronutrients, which are our fats, our protein and our carbohydrates, because without that, you're not going to feel satisfied and fulfilled from the meal. And you're going to keep wanting more. And you're probably not giving your body the adequate and proper energy that it needs. This client specifically was talking about protein. I think she had a meal that didn't have a lot of protein in it. And protein is something that keeps us full. We definitely want to have a good amount of it throughout the day. And that's something that I teach my clients of like the how, how much they should have and how to know how much protein is in chicken or whatever it is. So we, we go over that, the gentle nutrition side of things. Um, but protein, I think, is one of those food groups that, you know, you have to have a ton of it. You have to have all the protein, you know, half your weight or whatever it is. And you really don't. You really don't need to have the extremes that other people are saying you need to have. So just keep that in mind. For her, she didn't have protein with dinner. And I was like, it's all good. Your body's going to be okay. You know, if you were to have every single meal or not even that, but every single dinner without protein, then I would say, look, we got to adjust, you know, see how you felt after, see how full you felt. So we just ask questions, right? That's, I really love asking my 
clients questions because that helps them build trust with themselves and find that answer from within rather than me telling them what the answer is because that's not helpful. I mean, in some cases, yes, but there are some cases where they need to find the answer for themselves. Alrighty, so I hope that one was helpful. And the last question that I see or I've heard people ask me is, will this actually work for me? And I this, this is a two-part, right? Will intuitive eating actually work for me? Will working with you actually work with me? So let's talk about intuitive eating. Will intuitive eating actually work for me? And my answer is yes. I believe intuitive eating can work for everybody. Everybody. Yes. Because even if you have a chronic disease like diabetes, you can still be an quote-unquote intuitive eater. You can still listen to your body and check in, see what it needs. You can still be mindful around your carbohydrate intake. So everybody, I believe, can be an intuitive eater. And what this does is it helps you gain more autonomy, empowered to take care of yourself because you know exactly what to do. You know how your body feels when you do certain things and don't do certain things. It helps you feel more empowered and brings a sense of confidence because you are getting in alignment with yourself rather than in alignment with a diet or a I don't know, an influencer, whatever it is, Um, but you're getting in alignment with yourself and that is so empowering and probably something that you want, right? You want to trust yourself. You want to know what your body needs. You want to feel in alignment with yourself. It's so empowering when you are able to step into that. And like I said, I think last week, it not only impacts your relationship with food, it impacts your relationship with life, with how you go about things, how you interact in relationships, how you, you know, go to a restaurant and walk into a restaurant with your head held up high and with confidence. It impacts everything. So yeah, I believe intuitive eating can work for everybody. Ooh, okay. Let me say this though. Let me say this, that Some people think they are intuitive eating, intuitively eating, but they actually aren't. They're in that phase of, I'll just eat whatever I want, whenever I want. That's not intuitive eating. That is just a very basic, generalized statement around intuitive eating, but that's not intuitive eating. So know that it's so much deeper than that. There are 10 different principles around intuitive eating and this whole idea of not dieting and trusting your body. There's 10 different principles. So it's not as easy as, oh, I'll just eat whatever I want, whenever I want. It's, it doesn't work like that. It's, it's, I always say it's complex, but it's simple at the same time. It's simple once you go through all the, the messiness and all that. It's very simple and it feels good. But it can be complex because dieting has made it so complex and challenging. So that's something that I want you to be aware of, that you may feel like you're intuitively eating, but you may be, if you don't feel good around it, if you feel like you're binging and doing all these things, then you may not be actually intuitively eating. And you may be stuck in that middle area where you're like, you know, trying to figure it all out and you're trying to have the foods, but you're still binging on them or you're still having this like fixation and stress and anxiety around food. That's not, that's not intuitive eating. So keep that in mind. Okay. 
And in terms of will this actually work for me with my one-on-one coaching or just working with me at any capacity, I believe if you put in the energy and if you are ready to make changes for yourself because you're so done with how things have been going for the past couple years, decade, whatever it's been, and you are ready, you are ready, you are craving, you are wanting to see a change and to take action on the goals that you've set for yourself. Maybe a goal is like, you know, I really want to have a healthy relationship with food. I really want to feel confident in a bikini next summer. I really want to stop stressing about food. I want to think of other things. I want to enjoy my life and not have it be consumed with food. If those are your goals and you are ready to take action on them, I can guarantee you that you will see progress in my one one-on-one coaching program, not progress. Let me, let me rewind. You will see that you will see those changes in my one-on-one coaching program because the strategies and steps that I take with my clients have worked time and time again, because I've worked with hundreds of clients and now things have been perfected. I don't want to say perfected, but things have been tweaked and fine-tuned so that I know exactly how to support you and you have accountability. You have the resources in order to accomplish your goals and feel better around food and in your body. And I am so confident in the work that I do with my clients because I've seen the incredible changes that they've been able to experience and it's been life-changing for them. So then I'm like, oh, we doing the work and it's working. You know what I'm saying? So I am so confident in that. And yes. So if you put in energy effort, if you know that there's going to be some challenging times because that's life, right? There's going to be challenging times, but I'm going to stick through it because I want the outcome that I see other people experiencing. And if you follow the steps that I give my clients and the strategies and reach out for support, you're going to be successful. And that's such a weird word, right? Like successful. You are going to see the results that you want. So I'm just, I just love it. I love the work that I do with my clients. I'm so passionate about it. I'm so confident in myself and in my program. And that took me a long time to get to this point, you know, to build up my skills and to build up my knowledge and, and communication styles and all of that. But here I am, and I am so proud to be able to say that. So just a little reminder for you, I am accepting new one-on-one clients. I have four spots open for the month of November. You know what to do. Fill out that application by clicking the show notes and then I will reach out. Alrighty, that is it for today. I hope this episode was helpful for you. Like I said, I want to do this again. I think it's so fun um, and I would love to answer any of the questions that you have. So DM me on Instagram and don't forget to rate and review the podcast and that's it. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon. Take good care of yourself. Mm-hmm.